Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. Today is day 514 of my daily Zohar reading. I'll be reading today part 2 of the Zohar, page 37a in Aramaic and English. I'm just going to start about a sentence before the end of 37a, just because I uh, stopped in the middle of a sentence yesterday and I want to pick up so it makes at least a little bit more sense. So I'm going to start... about a sentence before the end of 36b, where it says, V'tanenan kulhu malachin, and we have learned that they were all kings. V'tanenan kulhu malachin, b'nei malachin, rufinus, ufardashke, hatamidchaze gevurta, dechad shlichadilei, And we have learned that they were all kings, princes, royal officials, and commanders, so the power of a single messenger of his was more manifest than here, where it should have been greater. He replied, You have asked well, and I have heard nothing about this, and will not speak. But look, we have been privileged to all this, and the way is paved before us, and I have heard that Rabbi Shimon, son of Yochai, is purifying the streets of Tiveria. Let us go to him. They sat until day dawned, and as light rose, they arose and went on. When they reached him, they found him sitting with a book of Agada in his hand. He opened, saying, All the nations are as nothing before him, as nothing and emptiness are they reckoned by him. Isaiah 40.17 Since it says, All the nations are ke'ayin, as nothingness before him. Why is it written, As nothing and emptiness are they reckoned by him? Well, we have learned that in the opinion of all the nations of the world, their faith is ke'ayin, like nothingness, unapprehended by those above or below. 
and they confront him with a faith of foolishness. However, as nothing and emptiness are they reckoned by him, like a whirlwind swirling in emptiness, as is written, all the inhabitants of earth are reckoned as nothing. Footnote 101, all those weaklings behind the millstones referred to Exodus 11.5, every firstborn in the land of Egypt will die from the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the millstones and every firstborn of the beasts. Rabbi Yossi's point is that in defeat of Sennarchib's Shenarchib, a single divine messenger, delivered a more powerful blow than did God himself in the final plague in Egypt, where weaklings and defenseless animals were killed. On God acting alone in the tenth plague, see above, note 43. Fino 102, have heard nothing and will not speak. Following the principle expressed by Rabbi Shimon in Zohar 15a, I beg of you not to utter a word of Torah that you do not know and have not heard fittingly from a lofty tree, i.e. a recognized authority. See Brachot, Brachot 27b, in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, one who says something that he has not heard from his teacher causes Shekhinah to depart from Israel. This conservative attitude contrasts with the Zohar's frequent emphasis on innovation. Footnote 104, purifying the streets of Tiberias. According to rabbinic sources, after emerging from 13 years in a cave, Rabbi Shimon and his son soaked their sore and sickly bodies in the mineral hot springs of Tiberias. In gratitude for being healed and rejuvenated, Rabbi Shimon proceeded to purify the city, which was considered impure because it had been built by Herod Antipas as the site of obliterated tombs. Footnote 105, as nothing, le'efes, the verse actually reads me'efes, which is often rendered as less than nothing. Footnote 106, their faith is ka'ayan, like nothingness. Rabbi Shimon removes the apparent redundancy by explaining that the other nations think that their false belief is sublime on the level of the highest sfirah keter, which is known as ayin, nothingness, the undifferentiated and incomprehensible divine no-thingness. They confront God with their false faith, setting it before him, but he considers them and their belief as nothing, literally nothing. Od patach ve'amar et ha'shamayim ve'aret et zo yemino shel kudshabrihu ve'et zo smolo melamed shenata kudshabrihu yemino uvara et ha'shamayim ve'nata smolo uvara et ha'aret ha'daudichtiv af yadi yasda eretz vimini tibcha shamayim kore ani aleyem yamdu yachdav mahu yamdu yachdav salkadatach hashamayim v'aretz v'lav hachi eile hayamin v'hasmol de'inun et v'et v'heach yamdu yachdav b'zot hachi d'shalta b'falgut lai Lelia dichlila et ve et bezot ut nan ktiv et ko atakol asa yafe beito et 
דאמרן הכל, כמה דעת עמי אמר, ואדוני ברך את אברהם בכל, וטענה ההיא כתרדית קרי זאת, דכלילה מעת ועת, ושלת בפלגות ליל ים, בטרין סטרוי ברחמי ודינה, רחמי לישראל ודינה לשאר עמים. He opened again saying, Et ha-shamayim, the heavens, ve-et ha-aretz, and the earth, Genesis 1-1, et, right hand of the Blessed Holy One, ve-et, his left hand. This teaches that the Blessed Holy One stretched out his right hand and created et ha-shamayim, the heavens, and he stretched out his left hand and he created et ha-aretz, the earth, as is written, my own hand founded earth and my right hand spread out heaven. I summon them, they stand together. Isaiah 48-13. What does this mean, they stand together? Would you imagine? Heaven and earth? Not so, rather right and left, namely et ve'et. How do they stand together? Through Zot, this, the one who reigns at midnight. For et ve'et is included in Zot. And we have learned it is written et hakol, everything he has made in its right time. Ecclesiastes 3.11, et, as we have said, hakol, everything, as is said, yod vave blessed Abraham bakol, with everything, Genesis 24.1. And it has been taught that crown called Zot, blended of et ve'et, it rules at midnight in two aspects, compassion and judgment, compassion for Israel and judgment for the other nations. Footnote 107, Et HaShemayim, the heavens, the verse famously opens the, in the beginning God created. Grammatically, the word Et is almost always an accusative particle with no clear independent sense, yet already in rabbinic times, Renachem of Gimzo and his disciple Rabbi Akiva taught that the presence of et in the biblical verse amplifies the apparent meaning here. According to Rabbi Shimon, the first et alludes to chesed, the divine right hand, and the second to gvula, the left hand. With his right hand, God created the heavens, symbolizing tiferet, with his left hand, the earth, symbolizing shekhinah. Footnote 108, what does this mean? They stand together. According to the simple sense of the verse, they refers to heaven and earth. But Rabbi Shimon insists that the subject is actually a divine right and left hands. His reckoning apparently is that Tiferet and Shekhinah, symbolized by heaven and earth, do not always stand together. In exile, they are separated from one another. However, Chesed and Gvulah do stand together, uniting in Shekhinah, the divine presence, who is constantly right here and known as Zot, this. Footnote 109, et hakol, everything. The word et alludes to both chesed and gvura, both of which flow into Shekhinah, who includes all and is thus known as everything. When she rules at midnight in its time, Shekhinah manifests compassion from chesed on the right toward Israel and judgment from gvura on the left toward the other nations. פתח רבי חייה ואמר, ניחא קמא דמל, דנימא מלחד על מה דעתנא, כתיב ויהי בחצי הלילה, ואדוני היכה כל בחור בארץ מצרים, ומהיד אמר מה רשתמע דהי בהי מלאתה, וענן אורך איתתקנה קמן, למתי למשאל קמח. 
פתח ואמר מי כאדוני אלוהינו ומגביהי לשבת מי כאדוני אלוהינו דסליג ויתעתר להתיישבה בחיתרא קדישאי לנהירו דבוציני קיטרין ואיתורין המשפילי לראות דנחית בכתרוי במקטרא לכתרא מנזרא לנזרא מנהירו לנהירו מבוצינה לבוצינה לאשכחה באילאין ותאתאין הדאו דכתיב אדוני משמיים השקיף על בני אדם לראות וגומר תחזק טיב, ואדוני בחצי הלילה, ואדוני היכה כל בחור, וגומר, ואדוני בחצי הלילה, בחצות לילה מבעילי, או בחצות, כגבנה דאמר משה, ואיכמה דאמרו חרבו. חברנה דליים רון איצטגניני פרו ומשה בדי הוא הקושיה בעטרה קיימא בגימל גבני דאפילו ישראל ימרון חדאי אחי הבלל מימר ויאמר משה כחצות הלילה אמייקה אמר כה אמר אדוני כמדלה יתכוון שעתי דהלה יתפסון במשה אלה בפטרונה בגין דאמר כה אמר אדוני תרי דהי משה אמר עד בכור השפחה אשר אחרה לחיים ולהבה הכי אלה עד בכור השבי אשר בבית הבור על כל פנים אפילו ישראל נמי אמרון הכי דהלה יתבררון מלי תלת דאיהו אמר משמע דפטרונך כחצות וכתיב אדוני בחצי הלילה ועוד שאלתא דלחון יתיר על מטולה מטולה דלה יכיל בעיר על מספר אלה כל הרזאי להוא בין מחץ דחקלה וכל ההתקשר בנביאה מהימנה זכאה כולה כדמשה דאלקטיב יפית מבני אדם הוצק חן בשפתותיך על כן משכך אלוהים אלוהיך שמן ששון מחבריך. רבי חייא אופנד סיין 
Would it please my master if I say a word for which we came? It is written, It happened in the middle of the night that Yudhevave struck Gary firstborn in the land of Egypt. Exodus twelve twenty nine. From what my master said, it follows that this coincides with that word. As for us, the way has been paved before us to come and pose this question to you. He opened, saying, Who is like Yudhevave our God, enthroned on high? Psalms one thirteen five. Who is like Yudhevave our God, ascending to be enthroned, crowned with a holy supernal crown, sparkling radiance of crowns and diadems, looking far below, descending in his crowns from crown to crown, from diadem to diadem, from radiance to radiance, from lamp to lamp, to gaze upon those above and below, as is written, Yudhevave looks down from heaven upon humankind to see, Psalms 14.2, come and see. It is written, it happened Bechatsi, in the half of the night. The verse should read Bechatsot, in the middle of the night, or Kachatsot, around the middle of, as Moses said. And if, as our colleagues have said, so that Pharaoh's astrologers would not say Moses is a liar, then the difficulty persists in three aspects, which even the Israelites would have noted. First, if so, the verse should read, Moses said, Kachatzot around the middle of the night. Why thus says Yudevave, Exodus eleven four, as if he could not determine the precise moment, for they would not blame Moses, but rather the patron, since he said thus says Yudevave. Secondly, look, Moses said to the firstborn of the slave girl who was behind the millstones, Exodus eleven five, and it was not so, but rather to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon. Exodus 12.29. Now, even the Israelites would say so, since the words were not confirmed. Third, he said, in the name of the patron, around the middle of the night, Exodus 11.4, and yet it is written, it happened in the half of the night, Exodus 12.29. Further, your question extends, sorry, your question exceeds a burden that an animal cannot bear. However, all is supernal mystery among reapers of the field, and all is rectified for the faithful prophet. Happy is the share of Moses, of whom is written, You are the fairest mi adam of humans. Grace is poured upon your lips, because God, your God, has anointed you with oil of joy beyond your companions. Psalms 45.3.8 Footnote 110, word for which we came, the questions raised by Rabbi Yossi about the verse in Exodus. See, Above it, note 101, Rabbi Chia realizes that Rabbi Shimon has touched on this verse by explaining that Shekhinah manifests both compassion and judgment at midnight. Footnote 112, Bachatzi, in the half of the word Chatzi means half or middle. Why doesn't the verse employ the form Chatzot, which means unequivocally middle? Moses used this latter form when he predicted the tenth plague. Thus says Yudevave, Kachatzot, around the middle of the night, I am going out in the midst of Egypt. Exodus 11.4, footnote 113, so that Pharaoh's astrologers, according to a rabbinic interpretation, Moses avoided the precise wording Bachatzot in the middle of the night and instead used, used the approximation Kachatzot around the middle of the night so that in case Pharaoh's astrologers miscalculated the precise moment of midnight, they would not accuse him of being a liar. Footnote 115, secondly, look, there's a discrepancy be, crep, there is a discrepancy between Moses' prediction of the plague and the description of whom the plague actually killed. 
Footnote 117, your question. The question is originally posed by Rabbi Yossi to Rabbi Chia, which Rabbi Shimon has supernaturally divined. That's it for today's reading. Catch you tomorrow. Take care.